This is the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, Managing Editor of Best's Recommended Insurance Attorneys. We're pleased to have with us today Attorney Laura Grabowski from the law firm Tully Rinke, PLLC. The firm provides national services with offices located throughout Texas, New York, California, and Washington, D.C. Laura is a partner with the firm's Austin, Texas office. She focuses her practice on insurance coverage and bad faith litigation. Laura handles first and third party coverage disputes involving CGL, business auto, commercial and residential property, and ERISA policies. She advises clients on significant decisions by the Texas Supreme Court and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit and new legislation affecting the insurance industry. She also counsels clients on risk avoidance strategies and best practices. And Laura, we're very pleased to have you with us today. Thank you, John. Today's discussion is on the impact of post-Hurricane Harvey on the state of Texas and the claims industry. Hurricane Harvey struck the Texas region in late August of 2017. And Laura, for our first question today, who are the major stakeholders in the post-Harvey claims process? Well, you have, uh, of course, all of the residents that were affected, and those are pretty concentrated in the greater Houston area and as well as the Coastal Bend region, which is going to be the um, southeastern part of the state. Um, and so those are the, the claimants or, or the residents who were, who were affected. Um, you also have FEMA, um, who, who has kind of a dual role in terms of FEMA assistance for those who were in the um, emergency area and who may not have insurance or may not cover everything. FEMA also administers the National Flood Insurance Program, which uh, can include, and that's going to be your flood policies, and, and can include those that are written directly by FEMA and also what's called the Write Your Own, which is private carriers who are, who are writing those, those policies. Um, you have TWIA which is uh, the acronym for the Texas Windstorm Insurance Association, who provides wind, um, wind insurance for, um, for certain designated counties along, along the Texas coast. And then you've got, of course, your private insurers who, um, who are the insurance companies for certain of the residents under um, homeowners' policies as well as some business policies um, and, and auto. Laura, what data has been compiled to date uh, concerning her, her Hurricane Harvey claims? Well, the Texas Department of Insurance, also known as, as TDI, um, has done uh, a couple of reports and presentations to the Texas legislature, um, and the, the support, the data that's um, compiled in that report is made up of a what they call a data call that was made to, to private insurers, and so this is not going to include um, FEMA or the National Flood Insurance Program numbers, but does include the, um, uh, the claims data for claims currently uh, being processed and some that are already closed that, that arose after Hurricane Harvey. Um, they've looked at lots of different data, including, you know, amounts, amounts paid, um, the number of claims, where those are regionally, um, and what the kind of damage is, and it kind of gives us an idea of, of the damage, of the economic impact, and kind of maybe looking forward to litigation. What categories of insurance does the TDI include, typically? So they look at um, property policies issued to um, homeowners, 
uh, as well as is issued to, to businesses. Um, they studied auto policies uh, for people's um, vehicles that may have been damaged. Um, they looked at policies issued by the uh, Texas Windstorm Insurance Association, or TWIA, and then they also looked at flood policies, again, only those written by uh, private insurers. How much has been paid out and how much is estimated? Well, it's, it's interesting. Just within the past few weeks or a couple of months, rather, uh, TDI has updated uh, their reports. They now say that, um, in, and this is data that is, was current as of the end of October of 2017, at that point there had been 717,000 claims um, made. And um, insurers had, at that point, paid out uh, approximately $7.7 billion. How about by each claim? Sure. Um, the, about 46% or $7.2 billion had been paid out um, in flood insurance. About 19% or $2.9 billion is in commercial property insurance. Uh, 17% or $2.7 billion in auto claims. And 16% or $2.5 billion is in residential property payments. Laura, in general, do property policies cover flood? They generally do not. Um, and so to, to have flood coverage, that you would need a separate um, flood policy. How about wind? Wind is going to generally be covered, again, under a, a you know, typical or standard um, homeowner's policy. Um, or a uh, commercial property, there will be some coverage for, for wind, um, although the flooding is, is typically excluded. Now, with regard to the National Flood Insurance Program, how many claims have been paid by the NFIP, and what are the payments to date? Well, NFIP uh, reported that uh, 91,000 flood insurance claims were, were filed as a result of, of Hurricane Harvey, and $8.3 billion had been paid out on those claims uh, so far. Now, regarding specific litigation, in first-party coverage disputes, what are some likely coverage disputes? Sure. And, you know, the um, litigation that ensued after Hurricane Ike, which was the, the last kind of major hurricane to, to affect Texas, um, and the, uh, the, the costliest before Hurricane Harvey, um, you know, that, that litigation kind of gives a, a bit of, uh, of, of a preview, and it involved, um, you know, disputes over, over causation, over extent of damage, which we would expect to see in, in um, litigation post-Hurricane Harvey. Um, there was also litigation over what's called an anti-concurrent cause exclusion, and that's where, uh, in, in that particular case, you'd have a policy that excluded flood but provided wind coverage, but you got into issues of if it was caused by both wind and flooding, the Texas Supreme Court addressed that and, and uh, held that that would be excluded under that, that policy language. So we expect to see some anti-concurrent cause disputes um, and then, you know, disputes over, um, you know, wind versus flooding, um, things of that nature. Laura, and coverage disputes, where will suits be brought, when, and do insurers have a bad faith cause of action here? Sure. Well, so if it's a flood claim, that is um, going to be brought in district court, uh, in federal district court, or it would be removable there, and that is going to be governed exclusively by federal law. And so uh, Texas courts have held that insureds 
do not have causes of action that may generally be available, um, such as such as bad faith or some of the statutory claims handling uh, violations that that may be brought in other types of claims. Those policies are uh, governed by a uh, one year from the denial uh, is typically when you you would need to file your lawsuit. In contrast. If, if there's going to be a suit under a, um, a property policy, uh, homeowners or, or commercial, those could be brought in, in state or federal court. Um, you have varying statutes of limitations, but it's pretty typical to see a two-year limitations period in, in most policies, and a lot of the statutory claims and bad faith claims have, have a two-year statute of limitations. Laura, does the so-called Hale Bill apply here? So the Hale Bill was passed in 2017 by the Texas legislature. It's now been codified and um, has become uh, Chapter 542A of the Texas Insurance Code. And it is applicable to first-party property claims. Um, it will not apply, again, to the uh, National Flood Insurance Program policies. Uh, again, that's an issue of, of federal law. Um, it also doesn't apply to, to TWIA, but for other types of first-party property claims, um, Chapter 542A is going to apply to suits that are brought after the effective date, which was September 1 of 2017. And so, yes, arguably, um, potentially, it, it may apply to some of these lawsuits. Now, for a final question, Laura, there was a recent Texas Supreme Court decision involving USAA Texas Lloyd's Company. Can you tell us a bit about that, and does it apply here as well? Yes, that is the USAA Texas Lloyd's Company versus Menchaca. Um, the original decision by the Texas Supreme Court was issued um, approximately a year ago, just this past Friday. They um, largely affirmed their original holding on rehearing. They did offer more uh, clarification. And Menchaca is kind of a, a, a wide summary of, of Texas insurance coverage litigation disputes, and the court painstakingly developed some rules that, um, that can be gleaned from, from a lot of its, its prior case law. And um, so, yes, Menchaca is uh, expected to figure in in um, Hurricane Harvey litigation as well as other um, kind of insurance coverage disputes uh, that are, that are um, litigated in the state. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, John. That was Laura Grabowski, partner with the Tully... Rinky PLLC law firm with national coverage with offices in Texas, New York, California, and Washington, D.C. And special thanks to today's producer, John Weber. And thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, go to our webpage at www.com slash claims resource. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast at ambest.com. I'm John Zuba. And now this message. Best Insurance Professionals and Claims Resource is the top website for locating qualified professionals and need-to-know insurance information for the claims market. Brought to you by AM Best, the world leader in insurance industry information. Visit ambest.com slash claims resource.